This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. Do you get the quality sleep you need? Mattress Firm will find you the right bed for your best rest with their wide selection of quality mattresses at every price. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. Sleep at night. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week, the metaverse explained. All right, let's start the show. Hey, y'all, you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. And this week, we are talking about the metaverse. I know, I know. Wait, before you stop listening, hear me out. The metaverse is here, or coming, and we should know what it is. So far, I know a few things about it. I know that it's virtual. I know that it's a big buzzword in Silicon Valley right now. But I'm still not exactly sure how it works or how I get to it, or why Meta, the company, tried to sell me on the metaverse during last week's Super Bowl in the most dystopian way possible. Did you see this commercial? It was the story of an animatronic dog whose only escape from an unending life of despair and sorrow was seeing its friends in a virtual world. A metaverse. On nights and weekends, I think. Closing time. Get up, please. It's a really visual thing, so just go watch the commercial on YouTube. But that wasn't it. There was yet another Super Bowl ad that mentioned the metaverse again. So while the others look to the metaverse and Mars, let's stay here and restore ours. So apparently, if these Super Bowl ads are all I've got to go on right now, when it comes to metaverse, the choice is between a Matthew McConaughey or a Mark Zuckerberg or a sad animatronic dog. To which I say, gosh, that's dark. And I also say, again, still, what the heck is a metaverse? Dystopia. Existential dread. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you saw the the Meta Super Bowl commercial. Like, do you want to be that animatronic dog? (laughs) Does anybody? That is Shannon Bond, NPR technology correspondent, and Bobby Allen, NPR tech reporter. Yeah, and sometimes I do want to I want to escape this reality, but I want to keep my legs. And at least in Mark okay. Zuckerberg's version of the metaverse, everyone is legless and just a floating torso. And I don't know, I, I kind of like my legs. I'm a pretty good runner. I mean, how if I'm in the metaverse without legs, I lose my best asset. I don't know. If none of this is clicking for you yet, it is not clicking for me either. So I called up both Bobby and Shannon to make the metaverse make sense for me and for all of you. Also, we should mention right here that Facebook or Meta, that company has been a sponsor of NPR. And while we're at it, so have Google, Microsoft, and Apple, companies you'll hear mentioned later in this chat. So I think the most useful thing to think about the metaverse is rather than being a specific technology itself, it's actually it's about rethinking the way we interact with technology and the way we use the internet. So okay. rewind to, you know, the our childhoods uh, and, you know, the way you uh, went online was dialing up over a, on a probably a PC, like a desktop computer. Can we add that sound in post? I love that sound. The modem sound, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got mail. And then fast forward, we all, you know, Apple invents the iPhone. An iPod. A phone. Are you getting it? 
we all get these smartphones and suddenly we have a little computer in our pocket, but we're still mainly mediated through a screen, right? Yeah. So a lot of uh, visions of the metaverse include virtual reality or augmented reality, which is like you put on glasses and you see the world around you, but then you also see virtual digital objects in it. That's the vision. It's a world. It's a world. It's a it's virtual a world, world that a is world. immersive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the, the, yeah. the immersiveness is really, right, that it's not, again, it's not mediated by the screen. So where does the word metaverse actually come from? Because before Mark Zuckerberg tried to make it his own last year in that very awkward video. Today, we're going to talk about the metaverse. I want to share what we imagine is possible. The word metaverse had been around for years, right? Yeah, it actually dates back to um, uh, a Neil Stevenson Snow uh, Crash fiction it's like, novel, yeah, exactly. Snow Crash. What is Snow Crash about? About a dystopian future in which um, <laughs> the planet has mostly been ruined, and so people spend an enormous amount of their time in a like this sort of idealized virtual space. It, it is oh. interesting that it has been adopted in Silicon Valley as this sort of good thing because it is very explicitly dystopian. Why would they do that? They would do that because. You know, major social media companies are sick of being beset by controversy. Like the the past six years has just been a steady drumbeat of negative headlines, and they want to move beyond the baggage of disinformation, misinformation, content moderation, all this stuff they're always getting in hot water over. And they see the metaverse, which, by the way, doesn't now exist. So talking about it kind of hurts your brain because they're talking about something that's like five, ten years or even longer off from now. So it's kind of hard to imagine. But they're talking about it because it shifts the focus and it shifts the narrative on this futuristic thing that all these innovators out here can get excited about and makes us, at least they hope it makes us, forget about all the controversies tied to social media. Yeah, and that's certainly the motivation, I think, for Meta to, 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 yeah. to dive into this. And, and, and I think, you know, more generally, like, you know, in, in tech circles, like, you know, everyone's always looking for the next thing. And this is that people have been long been trying to make VR a thing, right? Like, VR is yeah. not new, right? And so in yeah. some ways, this is a big land grab among these big tech giants, you know, not just Meta, but also Microsoft um, and, you know, even, you know, game makers like uh, like Epic Games, which makes Fortnite, you know, this idea that this is going to be the next place where people do want to spend a lot of time and spend a lot of money. Um, and so it's a bit of a, a race to just to own the platform. Right. So, like, you know, yeah. Apple basically created the contemporary smartphone. You know, Apple and Google really own smartphones. Um, there are other companies that are really hoping they can own this next virtual stage. Huh. So. If Facebook wants to distract us from their issues with disinformation through Meta uh, and the Metaverse, and if, say, Microsoft, in its pursuit of the Metaverse, might be trying to distract us from the fact that it just bought a game company accused of pervasive sexual harassment, will it work? I mean, I've been hearing Zuckerberg talk about the Metaverse for a few months now. I don't think any differently about Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's probably pretty fair you know, from the outside perspective. I mean, I think I think they are trying to shift this conversation. I'm skeptical that it will work when it comes to thinking about the pressure from regulators, right, and the pressure in Washington right now, and you know, the huge, just huge skepticism. Because of course, running into virtual reality doesn't mean you leave behind problems. You know, it's not like there can't be disinformation and harassment and you know mm-hmm. terrible things happening. You know in virtual reality just the way they can happen, you know, on social media. Yeah. You know, I think where there may be, maybe could be some success is more kind of insularly within Silicon Valley. So all of these companies are constantly competing against each other for talent, right? Like they want to hire mm. the best engineers. Mm. And 
you don't want to be sort of like the Kodak, right, of Silicon Valley. You don't want to be the company that seems like it's like it's yesterday's technology. Like VR and immersive platforms is definitely considered the next cool thing. So if they can successfully market themselves, frankly, to future employees as come here, you get to work on this really awesome stuff, hmm. cutting edge. It's a draw for them. Yeah, that that could work. That. But I think it's a yeah. big lift. I, I was just going to say, you know, the last time there was a major shift like this for Facebook, I think, was when right around the time that Facebook went public, I think in 2012, and Mark Zuckerberg made a huge bet on mobile. I mean, he was just like, the future is mobile. Everyone's going to be on their phones. Don't think well, about it. Well, that was true. And you, know true. What, and you know what? That was a bet that actually paid off. So some people are like, I mean, he made a good bet on mobile. Will he also be making a smart and wise bet on the metaverse? And this one just feels a little bit squishier because, I mean, right now, Sam, I mean, what is the metaverse right now? But it's it's just rebranded video games is what it is. Yes. Stay with us. Coming up, more with NPR's Shannon Bond and Bobby Allen, all about the metaverse. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. When you're home shopping as a parent, you have lots of questions about local schools. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by a dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Everyone's talking about metaverse, 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 this immersive new virtual world. And my first question in response to those kind of statements is, don't we already have that? Don't we already have immersive worlds that you can get into already through your devices or smartphones or computers? There's Sims, there's Second Life, there's Fortnite, there's Roblox, Oculus has been around for a while. Isn't there already kind of a metaverse? We just don't like it yet. There is, there in is, big numbers. yeah, there, there absolutely is. I mean, remember when po- when everyone was playing Pokemon Go and people were like falling off cliffs trying oh, that's to find Pokemon Go? That's part of the metaverse. That's like augmented oh reality. Oh my god, Pokemon yeah. Go is a metaverse. Yeah, so I mean, I've I mean, never been in the metaverse because I refused to do that. <laughs> that was crazy. I wasn't yeah, going to do that. I, I mean, the traffic chasing a Pokemon. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. No, augmented reality and 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 you know uh, VR, virtual reality. These are all sort of features of the metaverse, and and it does already exist now. There's lots of different experiences and games you could play with different headsets and and glasses on. But what the metaverse really points to is like more of our life moving into this space. So, I mean, there's a lot of rumors circulating around Silicon Valley that Apple is trying to develop a VR headset and everyone is just like, you know, waiting with bated breath to see like what Tim Cook is going to cook up. Um, 
but you know, so so, so Tim Cook is going to cook up. I see what you did there, Bobby. (laughs) That was actually that wasn't that wasn't intentional. If I could go back and edit it, I would. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. So like, instead of like FaceTiming your grandma, you can just put on this futuristic Apple made headset and like walk around your grandma's house and see your grandpa and see how the dogs and cats are doing. I mean, so it's it's not just like playing video games and like interacting with people in like awkward conference rooms. But the idea is that you know more of our day to day lives are going to move to this sort of metaverse augmented virtual reality and that we won't even think twice about it that that again that sort of that vision of like i could do that and like really be in this those spaces like that the technology to do that like really seamlessly or even frankly the technology to do it in the way that meta has advertised it like if you watch mark zuckerberg's presentation or even you know some of the graphics they've used in their promotions for like the for horizon worlds which is this VR app that they've rolled out, like even that is not actually what it looks like yet. Huh. What it looks like right now is, you know, there's a, so I have one of these headsets. Used to, Facebook bought this company called Oculus. They've rebranded it to Meta now. You know, you put on the headset, you have these controllers, you can do all kinds of things in VR, but it's still really basic. It, everything's <laughs> kind of blocky. You know, there's only yeah. so much you can do. And so again, it's like the gap between here and there. Frankly, kind of the at this point, the more developed and mature versions, you know, of what we might call a metaverse is maybe something like Pokemon Go or like Fortnite, which frankly, a lot of people aren't playing, you know, people aren't playing that in VR. They're playing that like on a screen. But the yeah. idea is it's like, it's more than just a game. And ultimately, the idea is all of these things might link up together, but that doesn't exist yet. It's all still walled gardens. You know, we have been talking about all of the downsides and the kind of absurdity of the metaverse and what the metaverse might become. But there is potential for this virtual world or virtual worlds, plural, to be really helpful and beneficial and life-changing for certain people. I'm talking about people who are disabled, who are elderly or can't leave their homes for whatever reason. This could be a chance to experience a lot of different activities from the comfort of your own home. And I could see that being a draw to a lot of different types of people. Yeah, I think that I think Do you I think, that's think right. that that potential could be realized? I mean, cuz there's a version of events where these spaces aren't hospitable to the folks that could benefit from them the most. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's the real question, right? It's it, that's a lot about how you're building it. And I I think there's certainly the potential for that. I mean, there are some really cool things you can do with this headset, right? Like a lot of the VR video stuff is really neat. You feel like, you know, you can fly over Lake Tahoe, right? And you get to sort of have these experiences. You can, you know, you can go, you know, watch a video where it's like you're you're climbing Everest. Yeah. I mean, I think my my skepticism about like just how inclusive some of this might be, you know, is around the fact that the, it feels like these companies are really trying to go for a very mainstream, largest possible audience. And I don't know that it's going to be necessarily built in. We've already seen issues with like, you know, how they're building basic features. So one of the things that, you know, Facebook belatedly rolled out in its Horizon Worlds metaverse app that I was just talking about is putting like basically like a boundary so that someone someone else's avatar can't like come up and like walk right into your avatar and like huh. grope you. Like 
they had to actually put wait, like a wait, there's groping barrier. in the metaverse. There have been people who have complained that they have gone on to some of these apps, not just Facebook's one, but including Facebook's one. Wait, groping and, is a and, minor minor offense on the metaverse. I mean, there's like violent <laughs> crimes happening on the well, metaverse. Well, people they, or you know, people come up and harass you, right? People come up and they you know they come up and start you know, screaming things at you, or uh, you know, there's a lot of this like you know commenting on your avatar's boobs or whatever. Like you know, there's people are gross, and so people are unsurprisingly people are gross in the metaverse. And so they've sort of belatedly been rolling in kind of more safety precautions, like you can click a button and suddenly nobody can talk to you and you can't talk to anybody and you're kind of protected. But I think it's all about how it's built. And I think what one thing we know from these companies is they haven't had a great track record in their previous products of building these well, things. Well, that's the thing. Have they learned anything from the previous things that they've made that have become in many ways toxic for a lot of people? Do you, either of you, see any actual growth or learning from these big tech companies as they try to plant a flag in a new world that is a metaverse? They talk about it, but I mean, I think <laughs> this example of, you know, just seeing just how many kids are in these spaces that are allegedly for adults, like, that just seems to me such a self-own for a company that is like, literally just like about to be facing this, you know, bill in the Senate that would put really strict regulations on like the safety settings they have to offer to kids on their existing products. It's like, you know, it makes me doubt like how how much they're really bringing into this from their past experience. All right. Last question for you both. For our listeners who have heard this conversation now and are still a bit confused, in 30 seconds or less, Shannon, Bobby, two tech correspondents, Tell people what they really need to know about the metaverse. 30 seconds or less. Should they love it, leave it, hate it, ditch it, focus on this or that? The one thing they need to know about this. Go. If you're into video games, you know, I think these headsets could be pretty cool. Um, But I think they're still, at this point, very niche. Okay. One thing you need to know about the metaverse is you can probably ignore it for the next five years. (laughs) I also co-sign that statement. Yes. On that note, we're going to go to break. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. This is a show in the real world, not the metaverse. I'm talking with Shannon Bond and Bobby Allen, two tech correspondents for NPR. After the break, we're going to talk about things other than the metaverse. Sam, I feel like we missed our opportunity to do this all in a horrible VR Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, next time we all talk, let's do it in Fortnite with headsets on. I would have spontaneously combusted, I guarantee you. (laughs) (laughs) This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Measure your end-to-end online performance with powerful website and seller analytics. Get insights on top traffic sources, understand how your reach is growing, and more. Use code NPR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? 
Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research, on, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. The Embedded Podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, joined by two NPR all-stars, Shannon Bond and Bobby Allen. They both cover tech for NPR. I want you both to join me now and play my favorite game. It's called Who Said That? Ooh, and it's saying that. You've both played it before, right? Yes. Who won last time? I won. I totally won last time. Shannon always smokes me, and I'm expecting no less this time. So, Shannon, how do you feel as a returning champion? Confident as ever. Wow. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. On that note, we're going to start the game now. It's really simple. I share a quote from the week of news. You tell me who said it. I'll give you lots of hints. There are no buzzers and no timers. Just yell out the answer as soon as you got it, okay? All right. Let's go. Here's the first quote. Starting today, our news feed will now be known as Feed. Happy scrolling. Meta. Facebook. Meta, yes. What was that whole thing about? They, they don't want to call news feed news feed anymore. I mean, I think their idea, I don't know, are they trying to just distance themselves <laughs> from the news? I feel like that's a little, uh, a, little, a little late. So this announcement that I was quoting, that was an announcement from Meta, which is what Facebook is now called. Yeah. Uh, they announced earlier this week saying that the Facebook news feed is now just going to be known by feed. So in an email sent to The Verge, a Facebook spokesperson said that this change is, quote, just a name change to better reflect the diverse content people see on their feeds. Wow. Hooray. They fixed it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely all the problems are gone. They did it. Because there's no news in it. So, you know, what's the problem? The funnier news is that uh, meta employees are now known as meta mates. Did you see that, Sam? Meta mates? Like for real? Are you, are, are you lying? Zuckerberg said that that's one of the company's values. And he said it with a straight wow. face as far as, we, as far as we know. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> This next quote, uh, just tell me what I'm talking about or what institution I'm talking about. It was a weird news story from this week. Here's a quote. On behalf of our local church, I, too, am sincerely sorry that this error has resulted in disruption to the sacramental lives of a number of the faithful. This is the, the Catholic priest who was saying the baptism wrong. And now anybody who he baptized for like, what, like decades is not actually baptized. And also all of their subsequent sacraments, including marriage, yeah. are invalid. And they don't get to go to heaven. Is this what they're saying? It's also weird. I think I read that, too. And I was just like, I can't. I just yeah. I had to close the tab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the quote ends with this sentence. This is why I pledge to take every step necessary to remedy the situation for everyone impacted. Uh, that quote comes from Bishop Thomas Olstead in a statement put out by the Diocese of Phoenix. And we should clarify, this statement wasn't by the priest himself. It was uh, issued by his superior because the priest himself resigned. Oh, my gosh. What he was getting wrong, though, I feel like you could just uh, forgive it. He was saying, we baptize you instead of I baptize you. Was he just using the royal we? Yeah, to which I say, yeah, because God was involved, too. Right? Right. Me and Jesus 
are baptizing you. I'm okay with that. I mean, if I know anything about God, it's that he's a stickler of a copy editor. So, I mean, I think the priest has a point. Listen, I'm someone who talks for a living, and I get something wrong at least once a week. And uh, they haven't fired me yet. You haven't put thousands of people's mortal souls in danger, Sam. I've officiated several weddings at this point, and I've gotten some of the words wrong. I had to do a wedding a few weeks ago. And you know, like the part where you have them after you, like, I take you from this day forward to be blah, 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 blah. And... I like stumbled and I had the groom say something slightly different than what the bride said. And I just ran with it. Oh, well, they're still married. Those people aren't married, Sam. If the happy couple is listening, none of that happened. And I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Um, What's the score right now in this game? Shannon two, me zero. Okay, okay. Shannon's a little punchier than me. She has just higher processing speed. I just ha- I'm just buffering <laughs> over here, just trying to like understand what's going buffering, on and buffering, buffering. <laughs> You're like Web 1.0. She is high speed Wi Fi. <laughs> high speed Wi Fi. You're dial up. I'm just I'm in the, I'm in the metaverse, guys. Keep up. <laughs> All right, last quote. Tell me who said this and uh, fill in the blank. As we prepare to enter our second century. We are developing new and exciting ways to bring the magic of blank to people wherever they are. Expanding storytelling to story living. We can't wait to welcome residents to these beautiful and unique blank communities where they can live their lives to the fullest. Uh, I don't know, but it sounds also very dystopian. Yeah, dystopia, Inc. Wait, it's not the metaverse, is it? It is a real-life metaverse that is being created brick-and-mortar by one of the biggest entertainment companies of the world. Is it Disney? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Y'all didn't see this story this week? No. All right, let me tell you about it. It's so creepy. So that quote comes from Disney, from Josh Diamaro. He's the chairman of Disney Parks and Experiences. And in this statement, they were announcing that Disney is going to build a new master plan community in the California desert called Cotino with special Disney touches. Basically, you can go live in a new kind of Disney world. Would y'all ever do it? I would rather a new Disney world than the metaverse. So maybe. <laughs> I, was like, there, I feel like there's a long history of like utopian communities in the California desert and they never end well. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the people who are going to choose to do that, they're going to they're, they, they're want to be around each other. But that's not a choice I want to make. And let me be clear, not all Disney adults, not all (laughs) Disney adults, but the ones who are going to go live in the Disney residential community are going to be like the diehards. And let me tell you, I don't need to be around that energy. I'm sorry. So The Verge has a write-up about what the plans are. And according to The Verge, it's going to be a community of 1,900 housing units. It'll be built in the city of Rancho Mirage in California's Coachella Valley, which will have clear turquoise waters and shopping, dining, and entertainment, as well as a beachfront hotel and a clubhouse hosting Disney programming and entertainment throughout the year. Like beachfront on their artificial water in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Yes. And members of the public can buy a day pass to go, but there'll be a section reserved for residents aged 55 and up. Oh, no, no, no. See, then you're just living in a theme park. I don't want to live in a theme park and have people come look at me like a zoo animal. Yeah. I don't get who this is for, but it's for somebody. That somebody's not me, (laughs) but it's for somebody. With that, who uh, won the game? I want to say, Shannon, you you swept this one. Woohoo! 
Yeah. I called it. I think I had such flagging spirits at the, at the top that I didn't even try very hard. I was just like, yeah, Shannon's going to win. Wow. It's fine. Wow. No, here's what happened. You tried your best. She was just better. <laughs> your dial-up, she's Wi-Fi. We talked about this already, and it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Shannon, how do you feel? Speech, go ahead. You know, I'd like to thank uh, my, my, my five-year-old um, and the Academy. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, and most of all, Mark Zuckerberg for giving us something to talk about. There you go. He always does, doesn't he? Oh, my goodness. Yep. Bobby, Shannon, this was such a delight. I always love it when the two of you come on. Uh, you were hearing from Bobby Allen and Shannon Bond, two tech reporters for NPR. I'm hoping that we can uh, all hang out together one day, perhaps in a master-planned Disney community, maybe even Ratatouille-themed. Into it. I'll be there. Thank you all so much. Come back anytime. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Now it's time to end the show as we always do. Every week... Listeners share the best thing that happened to them all week. We encourage folks to brag, and they do. Let's hear a few of those submissions. Hi, Sam. This is Ellen in St. Louis, and the best part of my week has been kitten-sitting for little kittens. Um, Say hi, kitty cats. Oh, hi. It's dinner time. Hi, Sam. This is Rebecca in Delaware. The best thing that's happened so far this week is that I completed a 3,000-piece puzzle that I started back in November. And now I'll be able to eat on my dining room table again. It's Renee from Durham, North Carolina. I got to go to Vegas over the weekend with some friends I moved away from about a year and a half ago. And we went hiking and ate good food and laughed so hard. It was easily the best time I'd had since the beginning of the pandemic. Hi, Sam. This is Hal in Chicago. And the best thing that happened to me all week or all year is this morning I heard that I was accepted into one of the top-ranked MFA in photography programs in the country. Um, At 58 years old, this opens up a whole new chapter of my life and I'm insanely excited. This is Maria calling from Chicago. The last six years I have been a teacher hoping to eventually make it to law school. This last year I decided to take a leap of faith and the best part of my week was being admitted to the UC Berkeley School of Law. While I'm really sad to leave the classroom, I'm also so excited because I get to be the first in my family to pursue a professional degree. It's a dream come true. Hi, Sam and Aunt Betty. This is Alicia Philly in Austin, Texas. The best thing that happened to me all week was watching my teenage daughter walk into her high school this morning wearing her fancy new thrift store suit for the National Honor Society induction ceremony that's happening this evening. She has had, like so many teens in this country, such a hard year and a half online schooling and then adjusting to being back in person. And I'm so happy to have this moment to pause and see her get to celebrate all her accomplishments. And it just melts my heart. Thank you so much for your show. So happy to share this with you and your listeners. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Ellen, Rebecca, Renee, Hal, Maria, and Alicia. Listeners, you can share the best part of your week at any point throughout any week. Just record yourself and send that voice memo to us via email. 
samsanders at npr.org. That's samsanders at npr.org. All right, this week's episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Janae West, Anjali Sastry Kerbacek, Andrea Gutierrez, and Liam McBain. Our intern is Asia Drain. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. And our big boss is NPR's senior VP of programming, Anya Grunman. All right, listeners, till next time, be good to yourselves. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mass Mutual. The Financial Educators Council says 39% of Americans don't have someone to go to for financial advice, but you can plan for the short and long term with someone backed by 170 years of financial expertise at MassMutual.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Get the service you deserve. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org.